Hi everyone and welcome to episode 18 of Trading for Life Redeemed. I'm your host Dan and I'm here as always with my dad David Jackson and in this episode we come to the end of Moses' life. It is the end of Israel's 40 years in the wilderness and it is also the end of the Torah. We're reading Deuteronomy which is a collection of Moses' final speeches to Israel just before they head into the promised land. This is the second time that God has set out his instructions for a redeemed life. Is Moses going over all this again? There's a lot of repeat, I think, in Deuteronomy. <laughs> yeah, and Moses likes to repeat himself. But this is, um, yeah, Israel is, did not believe. They didn't trust this first generation coming out of Egypt after seeing all the plagues and all the wonders still didn't put their faith in Yahweh. They didn't trust him. And so in food and water, every time they faced battle, they'd go the other way. Uh, when they, when God charged them to go and enter the promised land and trust him to overcome the Canaanites, they refused. When he told them not to go up, they went up. And so God told that generation, I'm going to leave you here in the wilderness and we'll try again with your children. So we now come to 40 years later. That first generation has passed away. Their bodies have uh, been buried out in the desert. And Moses is now turning around and speaking to the second generation and putting the question to them that he put to the first. Will you trust the Lord? Will you commit yourself to Yahweh or not? So they, it's their turn to sign up to the covenant. All right. Now let's go straight to my favorite question. <laughs> what has this got to do with Jesus? And then also what's it got to do with us? I think it's a bit of an eye-opener for Christians to realize we sort of know in our head that Jesus is God. But sometimes we've sort of got to stop and look at the Old Testament narratives and say, if Jesus is God, that means he is Yahweh. So when we encounter Yahweh in the Exodus and Deuteronomy, the pillar of fire, the pillar of smoke, Jesus, this is pre-incarnate Jesus, God, doing the work. And we need to read it in that light. He's the one who brought Israel out of Egypt. There's a beautiful verse in Jude 5, uh, where Jude, and Jude is Jesus' half-brother. He's the son of Mary and Joseph. And he writes this letter right at the end of the New Testament, uh, just about the time when everything's going pretty hairy for the church, persecution and heresy and all sorts of things. And there were people who denied, who would reject that Jesus was God. And he, in very plain language, says, it was Jesus who led the people out of Egypt. And 200 years later, people are correcting the New Testament manuscripts and crossing out Jesus and putting in, oh, it was the Lord. And you go, well, fellas, come back and have another read of the Old Testament. Here is the person we know as Jesus, who is God, doing all this stuff. And so when we hear Moses delivering the words of Yahweh, he's delivering the words of Jesus to those people and to us. And this tells us what Jesus was doing at that time to accomplish our redemption. It definitely gives you a, a good insight into 
who Jesus is and who God is when you when you reflect back and see Yahweh as Jesus yeah. leading them through everything and his physical presence, what it's like. Yeah. So lots lots in there. And if you have any problem thinking about Jesus as Yahweh, subscribe to our notes. Go and have a look at the FAQs for Exodus, where is it Exodus or the Bible generally, where we've got a little paper up there on Jesus as Yahweh. And that might be helpful. Well, I gather then Deuteronomy has a lot to say about raising the next generation, given we're talking about the other generation failed, you're the new generation, make sure you do it well. Yeah, Deuteronomy is really a parent's handbook. <laughs> you know, God is the great father who's instructing and training and teaching his children, his family. When you get to Deuteronomy, Moses has, uh, you got to feel for this bloke, 40 years he's been try- God's spokesman, leading, ruling, uh, standing up for, defending, mediating uh, for this unruly family. And uh, at, at the age of 120, he's going to pass the buck to Joshua and climb the mountain and be done with it. And as he goes, he warns that next generation, you've got to spend the time with your kids. You've got to sit down and tell them the story. You've got to explain all the wonderful things God has done in the history of redemption, how he's accomplished our salvation. And so we come to this Deuteronomy 6 passage, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9. I remember when I when we were first parents, we sat down and we read this thing through and we talked through every verse about how we would spend the time, how we would teach our kids uh, the gospel, how we would teach them the Bible. I remember sitting down as a school teacher and saying, my children are going to learn in their primary education they're going to learn to read by the time they're finished grade two, grade three. By the time they're in grade six, they'll have finished their primary education. So we made it our goal that all of our children would have read the whole Bible by the time they finished primary school. And we'd make sure we'd read it with them or they'd read it on their own. And then that produced all the questions in the world. We also wrote the Q's and A's for kids for the same reason, that we'd plant in the minds and hearts of our kids, an understanding of what all of this stuff was about. Doing that it just grows out of this Deuteronomy 6 passage. For the, for the Jews today, it's still their confession of faith. Shema Yisrael, Adnai Eloheinu Adnai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So as we come to this passage, it says... This is the commandment, the statutes, the judgments that Yahweh, your God, has commanded me to teach you so that you can do them in the land where you're going over to possess it so that you and your sons and your grandson might fear Yahweh, your God, to keep all his statutes, commandments that I commanded you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. This is how to live safely. You should listen and be careful to do it that it may be well with you, that you may multiply, and just as Yahweh, the God of your fathers, promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. These words I'm commanding you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and talk of them while, while you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. These are the conversations we had in the car on the way to and from school, the debrief after school in the afternoon, the conversations you have lying down going to bed at night. Kids ask the questions at the most inconvenient times. <laughs> You'll be in the middle of a conversation, some kid wanders up and asks you some breathtakingly difficult theological question. Still remember, and four-year-olds don't like going to bed. And so it's a good, good ploy to 
climb out of bed and come and tap Dad on the shoulder and say, Dad, did God know that he was that Adam would sin? Yep. Why did he make him then? Uh, good way to stay out of bed for another half an hour. <laughs> but Dad's got to know the answer. And those conversations need to be had. And Deuteronomy is telling us not only to do that, but it's giving us lots of clues as to how to do that. And you see Moses as teacher, and you see parents with this huge responsibility. And when he talks about teaching them diligently uh, at any time of the day, bind them as a sign on your hand, there'll be frontlets on your forehead, write them on your doorposts. Our kids used to write, you know, the bathroom wall was lined with sticky notes during the HSC. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> Uh, every memorable quote for English and all the maths equations and all sorts of stuff. And he's saying, yeah, that's how you learn the Bible. That's how you learn to get life right. You've got to actually focus on this stuff. It's a really exciting way to go. Yeah, I definitely enjoy my time at the moment when I put Charlie to sleep, my eldest, who's eight, and you lie next to him because he wants someone to be with him as he goes to sleep and he'll always have 600 questions as we go to sleep and Mm -hmm. you try and, you know, I I actually purposely make sure the conversation progresses towards God and whatever has happened in the day and how Jesus has been acting in his life at the time and it's great. He always has a thousand questions. We read the Bible together and he'll have questions about all of it. He quite enjoyed reading Samson actually (laughs) last night. Yeah. loves the fact that he's so strong and all this kind of stuff, but he's also such a failure. So. <laughs> yeah, it's precious time. And it's you, I, I just look at so many kids in this world whose lives are going down the toilet and you, you just see a, a world of, of disaster and hurt. And you say, it, these kids are precious. We've got to give them the informed choice of at least knowing what, God's instructions are to get life right and what Jesus has done to enable us to enjoy that. And Moses is such a huge help in the book of Deuteronomy. Well, there's also a lot of talk in Deuteronomy about fearing God. Why? What's? Should we still be fearing God? Is it something that's, you know, we used to fear God in the Old Testament because he'd <laughs> smite us and he'd open up the ground and swallow us up or he'd leave our enemies to come and destroy us? Is that still the kind of fear that we have? Yeah, well, just remember it was Jesus who uh, opened the ground up and swallowed the people who rebelled against him. We live in this fantasy world, and we tell kids a lot of fantasies about, you know, you're the most important person in the world and you can do anything, and, you know, life is just rainbows and colours and unicorns, and it's rubbish. Unless we teach our children reality, then... You know, they're like the teenager who steals the car and drives it down the road half drunk because nothing can touch me. I live in this fantasy bubble. We need to to learn to fear God. There is judgment. There are consequences for messing up your life. uh, And those consequences are, some of them are terrible. If we fear God, it's because we know who he is and we know that he has created this world to be beautiful and functional and intricate and wonderful. And when you damage something like that, there's a huge cost to pay. Uh, it's, it's In a sense, life is like walking through a minefield and Deuteronomy and the Torah is your map. You don't want to step off the path. Things go bang and it hurts. So fear God. Take it seriously. 
It's not like we're sitting there going, oh, God, some random power who's going to be in a bad mood tomorrow and, you know, I'll, I'll suffer bad luck all day or something. That's the Roman gods. This is a God who loves us and who who is saying to us, I've planned out the way forward. There's the path, the way it's called in the New Testament. Walk in it. Do not turn to the right or the left. You turn to the right or the left, you're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt other people. Fear that. Look around and see the people who've done it, who tell the stories of how they messed up their life and the cost of it. And so I'm, a, I'm just sitting here reading Eric Sigwood's book. Eric's a, a friend that went through seminary with us. He died a few weeks ago. His book's called Har- uh, From Harvard to Hell and Back. And it's his story of screwing up his whole life until he came to Jesus. But by the time he'd done that, he was, you know, into his 20s and, and the damage, a lot of the damage had been done. So fear God. And it goes with love. It's fascinating in Deuteronomy, isn't it? If you find the word fear, right next to it is the word love. And you think, well, that doesn't make sense, but it actually does. Deuteronomy 10.12, Israel, what does Yahweh your God require from you but to fear your God, walk in his ways and love him and serve him with all your heart and all your life? So it's reality. Yeah, I like to think too, he's a father figure, like he... He's adopted us. He's made us his children. And in one sense, you know, we have that relationship and it's lovely and we come to him and all those kinds of things. But he's also, you know, when you stuff up, when you come to your dad having done the wrong thing, you don't come to him. You come to him knowing that he loves you, and that, but you also come knowing that, that there's an element of fear in that in the sense that he's going to be cranky at what you've done. <laughs> well, and, and, and that fear, I think the biggest fear I have of God is the fear of the look on his face if I hurt him. Mm. That terrible sense of, you know, when you, you look into your father's eyes and you know that he's desperately hurt by the choices that you've made. And we've all done that. Uh, and I, I, But to look into the heart of, look into the face of God, who sent his son to die in my place to cover the sin that I did that hurt him. There should be a real big element of fear in that. When I go out and I say, tomorrow, let's not do that. Let's yeah. get it right. Well, that brings us to the end of Deuteronomy, the end of this episode. It's the end of the Torah. We have finished the first chunk of books from the Bible that were generally written by Moses. If you want to grab the study notes that go along with this episode, please head over to trainingforliferedeemed.com slash 18. You can grab all that there. Please make sure that if you're enjoying this, you subscribe. If you really like it, leave us a review as well. I'd love to see what you think of it. And we hope that you'll join us for our next episode. Uh, Lots of people struggle to accept that Jesus is the God of the Old Testament and the New. Uh, We will be looking at the topic, Jesus is Yahweh, which we have a bunch of notes on as well in that FAQ that Dad mentioned in this episode, and searching through the New Testament to see how the writers make this Jesus is Yahweh clear to us. We hope you will come and join us and thank you so much for listening.